Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Football Club Pod. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is episode 13 of the Football Club Podcast, and I think this is more of an overview episode this, uh, this time around. We're going to be discussing the best uh, Premier League players of the year so far in 2020. So we've come up with a bit of a simple system, really, 4-3-3. Everyone will be giving out uh, which player they think is the right person in that position, and we'll take it from there. So we have Dim with us, we have Jane with us, and we also have another, another guest making his second appearance on the pod. How are you doing, Gotham? Good, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on for the second time. How are you all? All good. Welcome back. Yeah, not bad myself. It's good to be on a Christmas special. Merry Christmas to you all as well. Good stuff. Unfortunately, I don't know about you guys, but uh, me, Dim, and uh, I'm not sure about Jay, but me and Dim are in tier, tier four. Hey, Miller, what are you in, though? You're still in lockdown, man. <laughs> no, we're tier three, man. But yeah, it basically is a lockdown anyway. We've not moved since uh, the first, second lockdown. So yeah. But we're here for one one reason only. Our starting 11s. Team of the year so far. I think we're going to have some... Majority of the team, I think, is going to be pretty similar. But we'll see who's plucked out a few faces. And... Let's get into it. Starting goal, Dim. I'll come to you first. Who, who's your goalkeeper? Who's your twenty twenty goalkeeper? Um, speaks for himself, really. Um, the best goalkeeper in the world may may sound a little bit biased there, but I'm going to go for the one, the only, Alison Becker. Got them. You're shaking your head, but you know you'd love to have him in your team. He's a quality player, no doubt. You know, Champions League under his belt, Premier League under his belt now. You know, one of the best. However, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Uh, in terms of who I'd pick in my team, um, I, I, personally, I'll go with Nick Pope. I think he's done a brilliant job. 15 clean sheets last season with that Burnley team and five clean sheets this season already, considering the start Burnley have had. That's not bad, I think. So, you know, uh, for me, it's got to be Nick Pope. And he should be pushing that England sport soon, surely. Um, but let's yeah, see. he should be definitely starting for England. Him or Dean Henderson. I don't know what um, Gareth Southgate's obsession with Jordan Pickford is. But, oh yeah, a T-Rex, Mr. T-Rex arms need to kind of move over. No, I, I don't, I'm surprised, Gotham. That's a good shot. You know, Nick Pope has he's been amazing, to be honest. Last season, what, 15 clean sheets, most in the league. But I've also got to go with uh, Alisson. I think he's by far the best elite, best keeper in the league. I can't see anyone even close to him. Nick Pope is probably, what, second or third, which actually says, you know, he's actually a very credible goalkeeper and should be England's number one. Let's be, let's be you know, let's be quite honest. But I've still got to go Alisson with the season he's had. I personally think if you take Alisson out of that team, with, with or without Van, Van, Van Dijk, they're, they're a whole different team. You've seen with Adrian coming in, the guys making mistakes left, right, centre. So I think with Alisson, he just he gives Liverpool a different outlook. But yeah, I can't I can't fault Nick Pope, but I'm going with Alisson as well. 
yeah, he makes big saves, doesn't he? Big saves, consistency personified, and distribution as well. I don't think you can go wrong. But yeah, again, I think Nick Pope would have been my second, definitely. But Mr. Becker, there's no, there's no one better. I've gone for something quite similar to Gotham as well. I've gone with Martinez. Obviously, had amazing post season with um, after post COVID with Arsenal, and then obviously coming to Villa. You know, Villa defense is looking amazing. And, uh, you know, with him in goal, confidence stands and stands by himself. Um, his shot stopping ability. I think Arsenal made a mistake, sold the wrong keeper there. He's got a handful of clean sheets behind his back. Well, I think for me, it would have been between him or Pope, but I've just gone with him because um, I think coming to that Villa team, you know, people are like, oh, after Arsenal, um, is he going to perform? You know, how is he going to do? And he's gone into that Villa team and made it his own spot. He's got the clean sheets there. He's an absolute leader at the back as well. So I think he's he's my guy, I think, for just for the 2020 season and, you know, the rise that he's had. Yeah, no, he was on my list as well. He's one of the guys I had shortlisted down because he, he was incredible when he came in for Arsenal post, especially after the lockdown. That's when he came to the team and he's kind of just thrown into it, probably didn't expect it. Won an FA Cup and now he's doing a good job at Villa. So, yeah, he's definitely up there as well. Um, he's a good shout. Raises the think, question whether they sold the wrong keeper, no? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, I think everyone knows that. I think everyone kind of can admit that, yeah, you know, Leno, they should have flogged him off and kept Martinez. But, you know, it's done now. So what, what can you do is Villa's gain and Arsenal's loss, I'd say. But um, with Becker, Alison Becker, I'd, I'd probably say he's had a few injuries, you know, quite a few, like four weeks, three weeks out here, missed, missed you know, periods. So that's why I didn't pick him. But, you know, quality immense. If he was fit for probably the whole period, I would have easily picked him. But, you know, I think Martinez is my guy. Let's move on to right back. Jane, I'll come to you first. Who's your who's your right back? Um, I think this is it's just an obvious one for me. He has spent you know period injured. It's just Trent Trent Alexander Arnold. There's no one else that can probably beat it. Um, I've had a look around. You know who's as explosive in terms of stats wise. It's probably the only one I can probably think of is Pereira for Leicester, but he spent. Um, quite a long period on the bench or on the sidelines as well. So even him coming back now, I can't see anyone, you know, touching him. There's not another right back that kind of stands out, you know, to me. Wan-Bissaka probably defensively, but offensively, if you're looking for a modern day fullback, you know, there's no one better than Trent. Yeah, I agree. It's I've got Trent down as well. He's just almost a complete package. Um, you take him out of that Liverpool team, they uh, wouldn't have got as many goals as they did, especially like with with the service he was providing. Um, so yeah, Trent all the way. Yeah, likewise, I'll go for Trent. But me and my brother were actually having this conversation the other day. Um, defensively, this season he's not been all that, and even going forward, he's not been really at the at the races. I mean, he was injured coming back from injury, but I guess that the defensive frailty probably come from him being 30 yards up the field and having to chase back. And in one-on-ones, he's not really the best. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really see anybody close to Trent. I mean, Reese James, it could be a shout in the future. But right now, I think Trent's in a league of his own. Yeah, 4-4-4, four, 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 to be honest, Trent. I think um arguably the best right-back in the world. You know, no one really comes close to him. And like Dim said, you know, 
he's had a few kind of iffy performances here and there, but even those, even then, half of Trent is probably better than you know ninety five percent of the right backs in the league anyway. So regardless of if he's dipped in form, he's just gonna he's too good. His passing ability makes up for his kind of lack of you know probably pace and things like that. Uh, defensive ability, you know, he's amazing on the ball. So I've got to go with Trent as well. I think the other the one player I was probably, you know, if you're looking at from start of this season to now, we're probably, you know, someone like Tarek Lamptey. But obviously, he's not, he's not played last season at all uh, when he was at Chelsea at all. So um, he's probably one player that comes a bit close. Obviously, Jane mentioned Pereira. He's been very consistent the last few years. Picked up some injuries. But yeah, Trent, Trent's the man. Trent's the man. Let's go to the other side. Left back. Uh, Gotham, who's your who's your left back man? Yeah, so for me, it's got to be Robertson. He's a complete package, you know, defensively going forward. Um, I had Digne on that list as well, but I think Robertson is just too good. Um, so yeah, that, that's my choice. Yeah, I'm going to go for Robbo as well. Um, complete, complete player. Um, arguably more complete than Trent, um, although he's probably not uh, uh, as good a crosser as. Uh, Trent, he's still phenomenal. We saw with the assist for Firmino's goal against Palace on the weekend, pinpoint accuracy. You know, he's got the vision to spot the guy running into the box and picks him out, executes it really well. Um, so yeah, Robertson is my pick. Um, I don't think there's anybody any uh, close to him at all. Um, I think in world football, I'd probably go Alfonso Davis, but. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Robertson myself. This season, I think he's taken over Trent's role in terms of assists, you know, getting forward, he's getting the numbers, getting the goals. Trent's obviously missed a period of the game, but he stepped up. Um, he's on the corners now, set pieces. Um, last season, he's just missed a consistent, you know. Uh, reminds you of, you know, Evra back in the day. He plays every game. I don't see him missing any game. He's got, got a bit of lip on him as well. So it's nice, you know, that kind of player, that kind of character. Um, I think like what Dim said, he's probably probably is in my eyes the best left back at the moment in terms of consistency. You know how much he plays, stats wise, no one can compete. Yeah, again, easy easy pick really. Robertson, amazing. I would argue he's probably better than Trent all round anyway. But it's just you, you guys have said enough to be honest. There's nothing much. There's nothing much for me to add on really. But. Yeah, he's an amazing player. He's he plays every game. You know he's going to be there as well. And even when he's he is rested, you know, Klopp's, Klopp's always very uh, clever with how he, what game he plays in. Um, so yeah, um, Robertson's the man. Let's move into the centre centre backs. I've got a feeling that everyone's going to be picking one man in particular. But let's see who's uh, which pair everyone's gone for. Jane, let's uh, let's start with you. Who's your who's your centre back pairing for twenty twenty? See, I was trying my best to leave out Van Dijk, but I couldn't. I couldn't find anyone else to be honest. Everyone's just even him missing about however many months he's missed already, like three months. There's no one that kind of comes close. So Van Dijk's one. Um, I don't even think I need to explain anything about Van Dijk. He just speaks to himself. The other one I've gone for is Vestergaard. Best go towards, I think, after Leicester thumped Southampton about 9-0 or something. You know, Southampton went for a massive transition, um, changed big time. I think Vestergaard's been one of those guys that, you know, has been leading the forefront of that team, especially at the back. 
um, ended the season really well, you know, from that 9-0, got around a decent position. Now this season, they're in and around, you know, that European spot. So I think he's the, you know, if you look at his match ratings per game, um, he's always hitting above like 7.5s, getting a goals. Um, I think he's my guy, you know, he's, he was a guy that I looked at first and he reminded me a bit of like Mertesacker, tall, slow, lethargic. Um, but I think he's shown that, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, put some respect on Mertesacker, come on, come on. He's probably quicker than Mertesacker. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. This guy was a snail, bro. <laughs> Well, all I remember, yeah, it's just that daddy long leg used to just come out of nowhere and just tackle. That was it. He was so good at it, though, just reading the game. And I think Vestergaard's very similar in that sense. You know, they, they don't have much pace, but in terms of reading the game, they're, 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 they're top-notch. Uh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, those those are my two picks. Uh, well, yeah, for me, again, obviously, um, no surprise there, Van Dijk. Um, incredible, uh, incredible defender. Best I've seen since since Vidic in the league. To be honest with you, um, and it's taken a while for someone to come around, but he's he's done really well. So it has to be him. The other one I've had, I struggled quite a lot to even think about anyone else that could come in. Um, and I've I've gone with uh, with. With a bit of a controversial one, I guess you could say, but I like the way he plays sometimes. I think he's done all right. The season they've struggled a little bit. They lost yesterday or this this weekend. Um, Connor Cody, I think he's decent. I think he's a pretty solid centre back. Um, Jan's uh, Jan smirking over there. I'm not sure how he feels about that one, but um, yeah, I, I just, that's my second choice. I guess that's up for discussion. Yeah. So for me, I think it, Virgil Van Dyke. Um, there's there's no superlatives that I can really say about the guy anymore, to be honest. In my eyes, the most complete defender I've seen in a very, very, very long time. And I'm talking since like the likes of Ferdinand. Uh, that's the only one I can remember that I, is as complete as him. Um, and his partner, um, a little bit of a forgotten man um, in recent times because of, of his injuries. Um, but he was crucial for Leicester City last year. I'm going to go for Chagla Sionchi. Um, Very quick player, uh, reads the game really well and loves a tackle. I mean, what what more could you want? So yeah, uh, my partnership is going to be Van Dijk and Sionchi. Uh Solid picks. I mean, obviously Van Dijk in there anyway, regardless. But the other player I've gone for is actually uh, Dim's that's the partner, Johnny Evans. He's been Mr. Consistent last season. Amazing. Well, at the age of 32, he's still putting in performances. And he played every game last season as well, 38 out of 38. So, and he's played, what, 10 out of 14 games this season. And he is Mr. Reliable. You know you're going to get a good game out of him. He's going to give you a seven minimum every game. Uh, he's also one one of the reasons why I picked him over Soyuncu was because Soyuncu has been injured this season a lot. Um, I don't know if he's even played a game, but Leicester City they don't look like they've missed him a lot um, with the you know with Fofana coming in and Evans. I think Evans is helping Fofana kind of 
get used to their life of Premier League, you know, being a centre back in the Premier League, teaching him the ways. So it was tough. I was I was also looking at uh, Connor Cody. He's had an amazing 2020, but I've probably gone for Jenny Ovens because I know how reliable he is. And I think it's strange to say, but I think he probably if you know he could probably still play for the for the big six right now. Um, but I think that's what's that's just, just the quality he has and he's shown it over through throughout this whole 2020. So yeah, that's my that's my pairing, Van Dyke and Johnny Evans. We'll move into the into the middle three. Uh I don't know how we're gonna go about this, whether you're gonna give me one player or gonna give me three, but Dim, who's your who's your first player or who's your middle three that you're gonna go for? Um so my first player, um I think it the guy speaks for himself. Um there is a little bit of Mickey taken around him of how he gets some of his goals. Um but I think he's been a revelation to be honest. Um it's Mr. Bruno Fernandez, aka Bruno Fernandez. Um, yeah, unbelievable players, transform Man United. And I'll be honest with you, if he wasn't at United, they'd be sitting at the bottom of the table with Arsenal. Um, but yeah, Bruno. Man, I can't, I, if if there was one player from United's team that would just walk into any other team in the world, it would be him. Um, so yeah, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, for me, Bruno definitely one hundred percent no brainer. Um, top top draw. Yeah, you're right. You know, I probably wouldn't be where they are without him for sure. Um, he's he's quality player. He's got everything. Can play pretty much any position in that midfield. Um, you turn to do something, he'll do it, and he'll be the best at it on the pitch. So um, yeah, it's uh, phenomenal what he's doing. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Bruno Fernandes is what, what a player. What a player. Can't say anything else, really. Transform Manchester United into, arguably, this season, maybe even title challenges. That's how important he is. You know the difference is when he doesn't play, there's pretty much no creativity, creativity in that team. And the worst thing is he plays every game. It's not like he's injured here, he's injured there, missed one game, missed one. The great thing about him is that he doesn't want to be rested. He wants to be the main man, and he is the main man. And a lot of you guys, especially Jane and uh, Gotham, have called out for him to be captain, and I can see why. You know, he's got everything: creativity, leadership. You know, he leads by example rather than, but he also leads by you know, by talking on the pitch and letting people know what what they expect of him. So uh, he's an ama- He's had an amazing 2020, and I think he's definitely in the running for. PFA player of the year this season. Yes, all four. I think uh, Bruno Fernandes. There's nothing more to say to him. I think coming from January, he's probably the. If you look at it, 2020 is probably one of the best seasons. You know, there is no player that probably comes even close, stats-wise, assists, goals, however you want to say, it, impact on the team. If you look at the whole shebang, he is that guy. Um, but but yeah, I think that's an easy one. Um, I'll keep start the next one. So I'm going to pick a DM. This one is quite tough for me. So two players I was battling with and I went with the one that I started off with was Ndidi. Uh, fantastic player. I think last game came back into Leicester's team. Um, he's only played like six games this season, but they beat Spurs. You know, Spurs are probably one of the hotshot teams at the moment. Um, 
they went to their pitch, played off the park. If you look at his stats, I think he had the most interceptions and most tackles in the game in in the Premier League ever. You know, so I think that speaks volumes. Um, I think the Leicester team, it does tick around him. You know, when he's not there, his presence is felt. They do leak, concede, lock, um, sloppy goals at the back. In terms of Madison and Tielemans, they don't kind of function without him sitting there. He is a kind of perfect player. He's only, I think, well, 23, 24 years old. Extremely young. Um, he's a perfect guy that you would want in the DM. Um, just, just waiting for that big move now. That's it. Yeah, uh, for me, um, I wouldn't probably go with Ndidi. I'm going to go for another Liverpool player, um, captain Jordan Henderson. Um, there's a lot of hate out there for him. Um, I can see Gotham shaking his head, but this Liverpool team wouldn't be the same without him. He makes us tick, a leader on the pitch, uh, unbelievable range of passing, scored on the weekend as well, which is always a bonus. Um, but yeah, uh, Henderson is my next shout. Just, just out of curiosity, Damon, who would your third be before I go into my second? Uh, it would be um, a Belgian fella, but I'll mention it after. <laughs> All right, okay. That's uh, what I thought. Um, but okay, no, yeah, going on to my second pick, um, and this is going to be a bit, maybe a bit controversial for, for some people. Um, I, I think he's he's been improving over the last 12 months immensely, and I think uh, the way that the, the team he's been playing and have started this season has been a reflection of his improvement as well is Declan Rice. Um, I think he's uh, solid. He's really made that, made that position his own. I know he sort of started out playing a bit of centre-back and then um, into sort of a DM position, which has probably helped him having that grounding as a playing, in, playing as a centre-back. But his passing ability has improved tenfold, I think, over the last 12 months. Um into the England team, getting some starts. So, for me, I, I would put him as sort of the more defensive-minded midfielder in my team. My second pick is um, Jack Grealish. I think he's he's been one of the best players in the league this season, even in throughout 2020, single-handedly pretty much saved uh, Aston Villa's season last season, and now that. You know, Aston Villa brought in some players, you know, better quality players around him. He's actually brought his game up. And this season with Villa, they've actually, you know, got stronger with him and with those better players likes of Barkley coming in as well. So I think everyone's been crying out for him to start for England. He started for England. He's performed for England as well. It's not like he's, you know... When it comes to the nitty gritty, he can do he can do it. When it comes to the kind of free flowing passing football, he can do it. There's, I don't think there's nothing he can't do, and I'm expecting him to be one of the main one of the first names on the team sheet uh, coming into Euro 2020. I'm expecting big things from him, from him uh, for the next what six six or five or six months of the season. Um, but I think he's he's got to be there on the on the on the team. Uh, for team this team of the year, I think he's had an amazing, amazing uh, twelve months for Villa. Let's move on to the third player. That's going to be putting into our team of the year. I'll start it off. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I think everyone kind of expects expects him to be there. I know 
Yeah, they had an amazing last se- uh, season last year. Picked up the PFA Player of the Year as well. A uh, handful of assists, handful of goals. You know, I think everyone can say that he's, you know, probably the best player, quality-wise, best player in the league. Um, you know, this season, he's, they, Man City haven't started the greatest, um, but he's still trying to take the mantle and trying to, you know, change it. But, yeah, KDB is in my team, for sure. Yeah, same here. I think he's class, isn't he? I think um, he'll go into any team in the league. So uh, he's also my third pick. Um, nearly, I think he equaled the assist record last season, um, which is incredible. So, yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Yep, I'm going to go for KDB as well, as I mentioned, that Belgian fella. Um, unbelievable player. Um, drive City on. Uh, through the midfield, comes up with important goals and is an, an absolute wizard in midfield. So, yeah, KDB is my final pick. Yep, four out of four. KDB for me as well. I think there's nothing more for me to add. Amazing player. Um, probably slightly lower than Bruno Fernandes, but... Yeah. Oh, man, this season he is... You know what he you know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have a leadership qualities. And that, that leadership quality I think does define or does take a player to the next stage, you know, with, uh, in terms of the impact they have on other players. KDB like this season I think City need him the most. He's I've I've not seen him a single game, you know, dragging City to to three points or whatever it is. They've dropped a lot of points if you think about it, you know, with that quality, with that team that they have. Do you think that's quality around him, though, rather than himself? Nah, come on, bro. Look at that team, man. That, that team is immense. Like, I don't know, man. People are going to man-mark him, but it's going to be the same with Bruno, you know? No, but, I'm, but what, what, well, to be honest, one reason why I ask is because, <coughs> obviously, you know, City with Aguero is different with City with Jesus. Is that's, that's one of the main concerns. Obviously, Sterling's not had a, had a good start to the season. And Mar is has been in and out with Torres has probably been one of their best attacking players. Yeah, but in terms of being dynamic and kind of in that final third from what KDB was last season or probably the season before, I've not seen that from him this season. Maybe his age, you know, what is he like twenty nine, hitting probably thirty now, something like that. Maybe that that's a factor of fatigue. You know, I don't I don't know. Maybe he's missing Bernardo Silva, but he's not had that dynamic edge into his game um, and I think he would have won City X amount of points already but he's not done so I think he he doesn't stick out as much as Fernandez simply because there's a lot of more quality around him so you know he's natural to stick out more as a quality player in comparison to Fernandez. that's not taking anything away from Fernandez because I think they're, they're pretty much neck and neck uh, in terms of what they do for their team I just think that De Bruyne's work goes a lot less noticed than Fernandez simply because there's other people that have a little bit more shine as well. I know Sterling hasn't had the most um, brilliant season to start, but last year, for example, he was banging in the goals, uh, getting a lot of assists. So that does kind of, you know, take a little bit of the attention away from uh, De Bruyne, whereas like Fernandez is more uh, kind of the focal point, the main man at United, uh, single-handedly winning them points as well. So, yeah, I think that's probably why a lot more people don't think that De Bruyne is on as good as form as 
Fernandez as well. Let's move on to the front three. We'll start off with the with the wingers first. Who have you gone for Gotham as your wingers of the team of the year? Right now, Dim, please don't shoot me. Um, I've gone for first of all. I think he's one of the best players in the league in the world, Sadio Mane. I think he's just immense. Um, he's just a quality player. Drives the team forward all the time. Um, never gives up on the ball. Um, so he's definitely in my team. He's proved it since he joined Liverpool. Um, you know, he's been immense. Um, so I'm definitely having him as one of my wingers. Uh, and the other. Um, I'm not picking Salah, but I'm picking Son because he's been quality this season. Um, he's played really well last season as well, I feel. Um, and he's he's proven it by scoring the goals, getting to the right positions, making such a big impact, I suppose. Kane sort of, um, you could say, altered his role a little bit with allowing Son to sort of maybe run in a bit more behind and providing those assists. So, yeah, for me, it's Son and Mane. Yeah, for me, uh, I'll agree with you on Sadio Mane. Um, he's my left winger. Um, electric, uh, can beat a man, uh, scores goals, puts him on a plate for others. Uh, and my right winger, I'm going to go for Mo Salah. Absolute goal machine. Um, I don't think there's there, there's much you can say about him, to be honest. Like He's been getting a lot more assists recently as well which is always a plus. But, um, yeah, uh, I would have gone for Son, uh, but he would have probably replaced Mane uh, on the left-hand side. Um, but I'm going to go for the, the Salah and Mane partnership. I've gone for Son on the left. If you just look at it 2020 as a whole, I think Son's probably been one of the most explosive forwards in terms of goals and assists. I don't think no one could touch him there. Um, so he's a no-brainer from that side. And then on the right, I've gone with Mo Salah. Again, you know, I think against Palace came on for half an hour and scored like two goals and got an assist. So I think that speaks for itself, just that one game. Um, people do say he's greedy, but if you want the goals, I think there is an element that you do need to have of that aspect, you know, to get the goals. But the goals he scores, they're basically, you know, some of them are just worldies. They're not like tappings or anything of sorts. You know, he does score outstanding goals. Um, and on that right-hand side, there's not really much there in terms of competition from the league. So, from from myself, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, on the on the left, I've gone with um, Son as well. I think he just pips um, Sadio Mane just in terms of numbers. Really, he played less goals, less games in 2020, but he he scored more and assisted more. So. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I picked him over Marnie. Uh, on the left side, I would, I would have put Marnie on the left side, but he doesn't really play there. So I'm gonna, I've, I've got to go with Son as well. Uh, sorry, got to go with uh, Salah as well. I think he's just, he's just ruthless, really. He doesn't, it doesn't matter what chance he has, you know he's going to probably score it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's quite frightening, actually, that everyone's saying that, you know, a lot of players, a lot of people are saying they'll choose Marnie over Salah, but... I think in terms of ruthlessness in front of the goal, you've got to pick Salah. And you need someone like that to to you know fight for fight for leagues and champions leagues, etc. You need that player in your team. So I've gone with 
uh, Son and Salah as well. I think that was pretty straightforward, to be honest. Not many options in those areas, if, if, I'm, if I'm honest. But we'll come up with the, with the main man now, up front. Dim, who is your striker for 2020? Um, I don't think there'll be many arguments against this. Uh, he scored 34 goals um, since the start of last season. Uh, and that is Mr. Chat Shit, Get Banged, Jamie Vardy. Um, goal scoring machine. Uh, you can say he scores a lot of penalties, but the guy gets quicker as he ages. He's rapid. Um, if there's any striker that I'd want in my team, uh, it would be him. Uh, he's got an attitude of a winner, um, and I don't know how he's not ended up at a you know top four team as you as you'd say. Uh, but yeah, Jamie Vardy is my pick. Yeah, and uh, I think there's there's quite a few contenders for this position. Um, obviously, you had a Birmingham who was very good last season, um, not really, uh, not really done well this season. Um, you've got players like Harry Kane who's just always constantly there. Um, you've got Sergio Aguero. Some people were in him off, but you know he still shows that he can score the goals. Um, You've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's really proven his worth this season. You know, he's shown that he's stepping up to the plate. Um, you've got um, Jordan Ayew. Oh, I mean, sorry, Bobby Firmino. Um, who, uh, You're taking the mick, mate. <laughs> uh, a striker who doesn't like to score goals. I'll just leave it there. Um, but for me, ultimately, it's got to be Jamie Vardy. He's just immense. Um, he was born to play in the Premier League and score goals. Um, he's fantastic at what he does, and he's he's doing it again for Leicester this season. He, he's right; he keeps he's getting older, but it doesn't really look like it. Um, some of his link-up play with Madison's been brilliant, um, and I hope it continues for a, a long time. I've gone with um, Jimmy Vardy myself. I think there's a bit of disrespect from Dim saying that he scores quite a few penalties. Um, just pull, had to pull up the stats. He scored 115 goals and he's only scored 20 penalties. So come on, man, put some respect on his name. But recently uh, he scored a lot of penalties. Um, I don't know. I'd, I wouldn't. He scored one penalty against Spurs last game, so probably because that's probably why it's fresh in your mind. But, you know, but come on, doesn't matter how many penalties or whatever he scores, it's absolutely lethal. He's 34 years old. You probably compare him like for like um, with Aguero. Aguero can't even get any minutes on because he's injured. You've got one that's very well conditioned, still going. Um, Leicester just got to manage it. And again, he's up there in terms of top goals. He's played for Leicester. You got to remember that as well. You know, he's not played for the so-called top teams, and he's still banging in those numbers. The oldest Golden Boot winner. He's just amazing. If you look at his career from where he started to now, there's, there's I don't know. He can probably go on to our thirty-six. You know. And like Dim said, his pace, I don't know, it just keeps growing year on year. I don't know how he's managing it, but it's just crazy. But yeah, he's he's my spirit of the attack. Just as a quick point there, what, what do you think will happen to him when he starts to lose that pace? Do you think it will sort of drop off into a deeper role? Or do you think he'll just call it quits? He's the kind of character who will just 
hang up his boots when he knows he can't do it anymore. Yeah, I think he'll just be that type of like a fox in a box. I think um, he will still be trying to you know beat beat the trap or beat the line. I think maybe he'll play for thirty minutes. I I can't see Leicester getting rid of him. You know, as in they won't flog him off. I think he will retire at Leicester, and, and that will be the end of his career. I think there's there's a lot of appreciation, humbleness from both sides. Um, when you know Arsenal came knocking on him, he didn't leave. He stayed, signed a new contract. Um, and since then, you know, there's never been any talk about him leaving. And I don't think Leicester kind of shun him away. You've seen Wes Morgan, he's still lingering about at that club. So, you know, I think Vardy will call it quits at that club and I don't think he'll move anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, Leicester have still got quite a few of those players who are in that title-winning team. Um, still at the club, Christian Fuchs is around, all Brighton's around. Um, you know, Evans is there. So, um, yeah, it's quite an interesting, interesting point. I'm actually quite surprised that everyone went for the same player. I've gone for Jamie Vardy as well. I thought a few players would say, sorry, sorry, a few people would say uh, Harry Kane, you know, has been really very good this, in 2020 as well, but I've got to go with Jamie Vardy as well. I think his stats say enough, oldest Premier League goal score, uh, oldest Premier League golden boot winner, which is saying something as well. You know, I think one of the reasons why he didn't leave for a big club is because I think at a big club, he would just be another number where he would have to be forced into into a style of play that he, you know that just doesn't suit him and that probably make him look worse than what he actually can bring to the team and whereas with Leicester you know he's he is the one of the main men probably the main man at the club and they kind of make the team around him i think with um Brendan Rodgers coming in definitely has um you know prolonged his career for for a few few more seasons and He's reaped the benefits of, of uh, especially this season. He's, he's played like 13 games, scored what? I think it's 11 goals. What a, what a return that is. So I think the problem with Leicester is, you know, life after Jamie Vardy because if you look at their, their backup with Ian Acho, it's just, just not good enough. Nowhere near the quality that they need to kind of progress and kind of, you know, tackle every competition that they're in so I, I mean I'm hoping big things from him this season again he's, he's just deadly in front of goal really he's, his shot accuracy throughout all the seasons he's been in the Premier League is 49% it's one in every two is hitting the target some, some crazy stats so I, I mean I was quite shocked I, I'm surprised no one picked Harry Kane but you know which kind of says how, how good Jamie Vardy's been in 2020. Yeah, he's, he, he's very, very ice cool in front of goal. Like going back to the penalty point, he scored 19 penalties in five seasons, which is a lot, a lot of penalties. But he pops up, you know, you can rely on him basically. And a lot of teams don't have that kind of player. And they're not just like hit and hope penalties that, you know, they are, you know, rifled in. But um, he scores pretty much all of them. Um, and they're accurate. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I personally think that despite that, um, you, can't, you can't look past him, really. No, definitely not. I think one, one thing I w- wanted to do before we kind of round this off is, is there any players that you're thinking, or, you know, he, he was close to my team, he was 
on the brink of being in my starting eleven, or is there is that is your starting eleven thinking, yeah, that's nailed on? I don't think anyone's coming close to this team. Um, I had a I had a couple of players that I think have just sort of maybe stepped up their game a little bit. Um, Ward Prowse at Southampton's been pretty decent. Um, I'm not saying he should get into the team of the year, but I think he's one that's driving that team forward. I think Hassan Hoot was doing a really good job at Southampton. Um, he was one that I just had down as sort of a good option. Um, uh, Grealish was was another one. I know Milan. He you put him in your team. I think he's been immense. I think he's been he's been really really good um, and driven Villa. Um, and the last one I had, and you could say it's a bit of bias, was actually Rashford. I've uh, talked to Jan a lot about this for the last sort of couple of weeks and how he's actually improved. I think it gets overlooked at how much he has actually improved over the last 18 months and how much of a, more of a complete package he's looking. On the ball, his touch, his intelligence, um, they've all improved. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's, he's doing really well. So those are just a few of the guys that I had uh, on my shortlist. Yeah, for me, I think... Um... The obvious one, Son and Kane, uh, missed out uh, quite close uh, between Mane and Vardy. Um, but I think also another shout-out to another striker that's kind of been uh, overlooked um, in this situation, but is uh, a lethal striker. And he's obviously out injured now, but Danny Ings. Danny Ings um, is one of them ones where... If you put him in uh, in front of goal, nine times out of ten he'll bury it. Um, just been unlucky with injuries, really. Jane, anyone in your team that was, anyone in your roster of players is thinking you know they potentially could get in your team? Yeah, I think it's just the standard conference that everyone's put Kane, yeah, Mane. Uh, I think Goffin made a good point on Rashford. Rashford, you know, hit. Good amount of goals last season. He's already got a fair amount this season. Um, I think that's it, really. I think the guys that I picked are probably just a level above. So yeah, I don't think there's um, any kind of flipping and changing from my side. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think the only Rashford's a fair point. He's definitely come on the last last season or so. He's definitely improved. And I find it was funny when we did the uh, when we did the England the England. Uh, episode I said I'd rather have Rashford over a Sterling and to be honest right now I'm being proven right and I'm hoping he gets he gets he should start at Euro 2020 for sure Sterling's had an appalling season I hope he doesn't start so you try and tell himself get that well I mean you've been telling Southgate not to pick Pickford for bloody two three years so you know I don't think anything's going to get through to him <laughs> But the other player that was uh, that was close to my team, Jane made a very good point about Ndidi. He's colossal in that in that Leicester team. But uh, Jordan Henderson for me, not more. You know, not more. You know, his ability and things like that. But I think it's more. It's more the things he does off the ball that's very important to that team. It's more. It's more. You know, similar to kind of how Roy Keane was for Manchester United. Very. You know, outspoken. You know, doesn't care about anyone's ego. He will drive that team to a victory. Even last season, when um, you know, I think it was last season or the season before, he said to that he said Jurgen Klopp that he wants to play forward a bit more. 
you know, provide more different something different going forward because they didn't really have that player uh, in midfield. You know, gruesome balls really just saying that to Jurgen Klopp. You know, in a successful formula that he was he was putting in. Uh, you know, Champions League winners at the time as well. So Henderson, you know, he hadn't he hadn't he, he wasn't he wasn't going to get PFA Player of the Year unless we honest, but he was definitely in the shot. I've got n- nothing against Henderson. He's a good player. He's done brilliant captain for sure. You know, um, there's uh, these comparisons with Roy Keane. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. What do you guys think? Do you guys think he's better than Roy Keane, the hard band from the nineties? No, I would. I wouldn't say he's better than Roy Keane, but I'm saying the comparison, the similarities are there to kind of compare. I don't think you because the thing is, I can't. You can't compare him to anyone else in in the midfield that's similar to him in terms of what he actually provides off the ball and off away from the pitch what he does what he's doing for Liverpool is similar to what uh, Roy Keane would, has done for Manchester United I think that's the similarities there not not anything on the ball or you know anything on the pitch I think it's more off the pitch his vocal you know how vocal he is how you know he's always talking about his team and how well they actually are doing so that's, I think that's where the similarity is. I think their style of play is completely different. Um, I think it's more so that both of them are really born leaders. Um, with Henderson, he's a lot more vocal than a lot of the other captains. I think he has a similar impact to the like of someone like Vincent Company off the pitch. Um, leads by example uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, in and around the club. And he kind of just enforces that ethos around the club that everybody's just one team. So, yeah, for me, that's probably the best similarity I could possibly give uh, off the pitch anyway. Yeah, I think it's just that mental aspect to his game. Um, he's, he's just a leader. I think technically on the ball, he's really shit. If you look at him, his stats, interceptions per game, tackles per game, passing per- percentage, he's, he's, he's probably one of the worst. I'm being honest. You know, the face are being raised and eyebrows... <laughs> If you look at it, he's not great. I think it's just that other element to his game that in itself is worth so much, you know, and you can see the impact on that Liverpool team. I think there was one game against Atalanta when you lot won 5-0 and I think BT Sports forgot to put the sound on and you could hear just the players screaming at each other and you can hear him throughout the full 90 minutes, you know, screaming at players, saying, grow there, move around. You know, he is... 360 man, you know, um, sees everything and he's dictating people's positioning, movement, everything of sorts. But, you know, fair enough, technically he's not probably one of the best, probably doesn't offer that much. But in the other aspects in terms of how he organises the rest of the team, you know, massive impact there. And I think that in itself is, is gold. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's a point I'm getting to is technically as a footballer, I'm not sure what other team he gets into um, outside sort of the top four, five, six, seven teams in the league. Um, but I say great captain. You talk about born leaders. I actually feel like he was bred into this role. And when they brought him from Sunderland, you know, he, he was around that team with uh, Gerard and you know Suarez and other leaders there. So I think it was a role that the club probably thought, okay, we're going to make this guy a captain, and they've stuck with it. Technical ability aside, um, and then and, and credit to the club that you know it, it's worked. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, look, great captain. 
I mean, I'm not saying that he's like Xavi or Iniesta, um, but I think technically he's not as bad as what people make out. Like, he's not the best. Like, let's be real. He's not the best. But I think the influence he has on the pitch, when he gets on the ball, he looks up, sprays the ball, keeps the ball moving, ticking, uh, you know. I, I, don't, I don't really see the, where the hate's coming from, really. Um, but I guess it's a game of opinions, I guess. Oh, hey, it's just from what you guys or what people make him out to be is like some sort of Claude McAlealy of the on the ball, but <laughs> he's nothing of the sorts, you know, in terms of Nah, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that far, stats, definitely. Stats, he's nothing like De Bruyne or stats, anything like that. In terms of like but yeah, technically in terms or not technically mentally what, what he's like, it's that's gold in itself. You know, there's teams dying for that type of player. You know, we were dying for that type of player, Man United. Um, until Bruno came, Arsenal—they've been dying for that type of player for about 15 years, you know. So they're not easy to come by these type of players. But you know, it's, I think the rest of the stuff that he does contributes, you know, is immense. By the way, the kind of interested Arsenal teams come up. Milan's hot topic for Milan on this one. Go on, you might as well save the team. I mean, I'm not expecting much, but it's a. Uh... He's gone for a standard um, eight back. <laughs> so, it's, bro, I only see it's just when I look at these, these teams, yeah, it's just defenders, bro. That's all I see. Who is, so, who I don't know how. So you'll have to figure this out, bro. It's like the Da Vinci Code. He's got Mustafi there. He's got Gabriel, uh, Kolasinac, Maitland Niles, Cedric, um, El Neni, Sabeos, uh, Willock, Lacazette, and Martinelli. Again, there's no Saliba. He's got, wait, he's so got, he, he's got three, three wing-backs playing. Yeah, but I think Kalasin actually probably play on the left, right? Of the centre-back. Yeah, so apparently... Oh, classic disaster are, waiting to happen. They're showing it as a 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Oh, that's not nah, going to be a 4 No, but I don't... I don't I, 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 it's probably a right... Ainsley made a nice probably playing left wing-back, let's be honest. I think Arteta is going with the angle of... Let's just try and confuse the opposition from the get-go and we might win that way. Yeah, um, but the problem is they confuse themselves and then it just turns. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, prob- it's just problems. So, I don't understand. Like, Why is he playing Mustafi in the team? I'm, I, I'm looking at and the bench. He's got, he's got Saliba that doesn't even... He never makes a bench. Like, He's definitely got an agenda against him and he won't play. doesn't matter how good of a... You know, in terms of quality and... In terms of what he's going to guess it in the media, saying he needs to go out and learn, whatever. Like he's not going to play, bro. That's that's it. End of. I can no. tell you now, he'd put a better performance than Mustafi and Kolasinac. I can tell well, you that. I, that's I think straight that, that's that's the problem. That's the problem. We everyone knows that the quality of Saliba is the only the only problem with Saliba at the moment is game time. But obviously, we're crying out for him to play, which is one of the reasons why he needs a game time. The thing is, yeah, if you're going to play a fullback. Then yeah, probably he's going to get exposed. But you're playing a free back, so he's got pace. Everyone knows he's got pace. He's got protection yeah. there. Yeah, he's, and you've yeah, seen it how Fofana. Well. You've seen how Fofana plays in a three. Like he looks quality, but mm. we don't know what he looks like in a two. You know, or like a four back. Sorry. So you know, it could make a massive impact there. And then I they're both they're, from the same same team, same upbringing, and, and you know, from what you hear, Saliba's better than him. So. Yeah. If you see Fofana and then you think if Saliba is better than this guy, then why is this? Why is Mustafi getting bloody picked ahead of him? 
I'm, the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. The only positive right now is from that team is Gabriel Martinelli. I think obviously he's been out for a while and he's going to be he's going to need he's going to need some game time. I know why Jane's smiling because we had this crazy crazy kind of argument last <laughs> last episode. But the, the thing is the thing is with Martinelli, you know he's going to bring something different to the like of Aubameyang or um, William or Pepe. You know, so I, I'm I think that's just one thing to good to see. Him. Back on the pitch. I'm just hoping he's, he's, he's going to he's, he's gonna solve all your problems. I mean, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Let's just let's no, just be interesting leave to see, you know, how he, how he <laughs> comes back and does today as well. I don't want to talk about he's, 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 <laughs> he's an explosive <laughs> player, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That is a good way of putting it. The problem is, I'm looking at our team, I'm thinking, okay, look, there's just problems. Then I'm looking at their team, I'm thinking, oh, they just brought Laporte back. They got Zinchenko left back instead of uh, Mendy. They've got a second team, but look how strong it is. <laughs> yeah, that second the team second is probably yeah. is, is amazing, you know. And I think that's probably better than teams that he puts out on every Yeah, one has true. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Defensive, He's got Bernardo yeah, Silva, anyway. Foden... Yeah. But yeah. it's about time those two are playing. And I think those two Bernardo are Silva is one of my my favourite players. And I don't know how... He's quality. Yeah, trust me. It took him like a year and a half to get uh, Cancelo fucking playing like week in, week out. The guy was probably top fullback at one point when Juventus was there. Uh, and they made him into a backup dancer for like a year and a half. <laughs> but... We'll leave it there, boys. Thank you, Gotham, again for joining us for an ep- another episode of the pod. We hope to see you again in the coming episodes when we discuss a few more topics. We've got some good ones lining up for everyone listening. Um, but thanks again to Dim and Jane as well. And yeah, we'll see. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Please share it with your friends and family and don't forget to leave a review on the various podcast platforms. We'll see you next time.